Hey builders, welcome to another episode of the People of Growth podcast. I'm your host, Nate Elliott. Today is another Builder of the Week episode, and today our guest is Rishi Tripathi. Let's just jump right in. Hey Rishi, welcome to the podcast. How are you doing? Hey, thanks so much for having me. Doing well. How about you? I'm great, man. Thank you for asking. So for context for our listeners, this is a Builder of the Week episode. We are talking to Rishi. He is just graduated from Duke. He is going to work at On Deck, right? Yep. On Deck is is a place that they're, the way they explain it is they're trying to like change education or, or do education better. Is that right? Yeah. So it's sort of this combination of education and access to sort of the tools for entrepreneurship. So you can almost think of it like a combination of Stanford and YC. Okay. I like that a lot. So tell me a little bit about your path from Duke graduating in, in May or June and then to going to on deck because I know that that's been there's been some changes for you in that the last few months. Yeah, definitely. So the quick version of it is my college path pushed me towards being interested in product. So last summer I was at Google doing the associate product manager internship, which I really really love. And I was all set to go back and do that this fall, but at the beginning of quarantine, around probably April or May, I started realizing like, oh, if I don't do something this summer. I'm just going to be really, really bored, stuck at home because I'm not going to be traveling or anything. So I found a, a, an apprenticeship for the summer uh, just off of Twitter that I applied to. And I spent the summer working with Steve Schlaffen, who's a pretty well-known, well-respected angel investor and founder coach out of New York. So I did that really transformational experience for me, just like really unique experience working one-on-one with him based on some of the projects that I did with him as well as some of the relationships that I'd been building just with companies that I was interested in, on deck being one of those, there ended up being an opportunity to join their team as sort of the first hire and building out their new education business. And it was something that I couldn't, I couldn't turn down. So plan changed from planning on going to Google to now joining on deck on Monday. That's awesome. You start in what, two days now? Yeah. 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 Just the weekend is going to be my last little, uh, my last little break. Man, that's exciting. So are you making the move from the East Coast to the West Coast? Not immediately, but I am eventually. The plan was to go to Google. I'd sign a lease with some friends from Duke to just live in San Francisco together. We're all going to be working in the Bay. And so Ondek also has an office in, the, in San Francisco. Not open currently, of course, but uh, sort of this decision hasn't changed my housing plans at all. So I'll still be in Silicon Valley, hopefully by Halloween. Okay, awesome. So then also I'm curious about you're working on on a new, I mean, I guess the, the right, right word for it is a startup. So it's called Start.City, right? Yeah. Can you tell us about that? Yeah. So I think start if it became a startup, that'd be amazing. But uh, I think right now it's sort of just a bit of an experiment, like a social experiment and like just something that I've has been on my mind for a while. So what Start.City is, it actually came out of this idea that I've had or these thoughts that I've been having sort of maybe for the past like eight or 10 months, even before quarantine, or it's like, oh, when I move out to San Francisco, like, how am I going to meet people that either A, didn't go to my school or B, don't work at my company, right? Because I feel like those are incredibly narrow sex of people to like, be my like primary social circles. Yeah, totally. So I was thinking sort of around like community for new grads, what does that look like? And just like people who are new to tech, right? It doesn't necessarily need to be college grads. And so a few weeks ago, probably close to a month ago now, I decided to pull the trigger, just put out a tweet saying I'm building like an, what I like to call like an online city for people who are new to tech. Mm-hmm. And the way that I see it is sort of the, a, a community of people who are young in tech to just talk about those shared experiences in like a space that is 
comfortable, accessible, inclusive, inspiring are sort of some of our core values. And I think that the vision there is really to serve as like an online watering hole for people who are, who sort of want to engage with the community like that. I think it can be really powerful. I think it can be really powerful just because tech Twitter and sort of putting things out completely publicly is I think a little intimidating and there's a lot of imposter syndrome I think that people new to the industry have. So hopefully can alleviate oh, yeah. some of those and try to sort of bring people together who have that shared experience. Yeah, so that's sort of the vision for now. We'll see how it plays out. I think as I, as I continue growing the community and continue letting people in, sort of I'm optimizing for, for quality and engagement right now to make sure that we build some community habits, et cetera, and we'll see where it goes. Hopefully it can be, the way I like to think of it is like, I'm really lucky to have gone to Duke and have a lot of friends who are in tech and interested and like friends that I, I have a lot in common with that I can rely on, that I trust and that I love. But for a lot of people, especially people from underestimated backgrounds in tech and people who maybe are not sort of the traditional or like people who have been overrepresented in tech prior, it can be a lot harder to find that sort of space in the oh, industry. Totally. So hopefully I can provide that sort of space for people and also just create a place where people are having interesting conversations on the internet. Yeah, I really identify with that. So I grew up in a town of 8,000 people in central Washington, very agricultural, like probably like I grew up around farms, like cows in my backyard kind of thing. And I now am, am in a position where I'm 23, I'm about to graduate law school and I want to pursue a career in technology. And like, that's not really a thing that people from where I grew up do, you know, where, people don't really go from farm town to technology a lot. And so I've tried to build like community on Twitter and stuff. And it's hard, like, especially when you don't really have any connections like that, or you don't have anybody that you know. And so I, I'm excited about start.city because if, if there's a place where I can go and meet people that are in a similar position to me and be like, Hey, so how's this working for you? Like, cause I've had to do a lot of that stuff myself, like having conversations like these, like starting Voxter and, um, interviewing people and, and it's worked, but it's, it's really hard. And, and it's hard to, a lot of the people that I've interviewed said, like, try to work around people in your same age that also are going places that have those high slope trajectories in their career. And it's hard to do that when you don't really know where to look, you know, yeah. on Twitter, you, it's easy to follow like all the big guys that, that have 20,000 followers and you know, okay, the, they're doing cool things, but it's way, way harder to find like to find you and be like, oh, like Rishi's doing cool things because like Rishi doesn't have 20,000 followers, yeah. but he's also doing really, really cool things. So if we can, ha if there's a community where we can kind of find each other, like I'm super jazzed about that. Exactly. Yeah. And so just in the couple of weeks that we've been around, like some really interesting conversations have already happened where people are asking things like, what is it like to start a new job working remotely, which is like probably something like pretty base level that a lot of people are talking about, but then it's also like, how do I set boundaries at work to make sure that like I'm maintaining like my own personal mental health, especially oh, being totally. like the junior person in tech, right? How do I start this conversation with my manager? We've had a writer's club pop up where there's now like a group chat of people from start.city who run their writing by each other, right? Just to sort of mm -hmm. get, get a read on it. Um, people are looking for different audiences. So there's some interesting organic conversations that have come out of it. And we're also doing like live events where people are playing games, getting to know each other. Uh, and so I'm, my role in this is sort of like just trying to keep up and see where I can continue adding value for people and what sort of programming would, would do that. And we're really lucky to have had a bunch of mentors sign up to help out. So trying to figure out how to incorporate that. And I think there's 
I'm really lucky to have gotten a lot of interest from people. There's like, we have about 120 people in the community right now, and we have another 400 on the wait list. So we're awesome. going to continue bringing people in, but really the goal right now is maintain really, really high quality and engagement yeah. and just see, see what this rolls into. There's no grand vision for now, but maybe one will, will rise. Uh, I think the grand vision is really just like what you're saying, right? Just have sort of that virtual watering hole. Like, you know, this is the place to look, but this is the place where like interesting people are willing to have conversations on, on the internet, right? Because it's one thing that I guess as a response to what you're saying is like, you're saying, oh, it's, it's hard to find Rishi, even though he's doing cool things. Like, even if you find a Rishi or a Paige or a Geffen somewhere on Twitter, right? Like, not all of those people have the bandwidth or the time or like it's it may not be a priority always for them to be engaging with other oh, totally. interesting people right and that's okay right because they're living their own lives but this is sort of uh selecting for people who do want to engage and do want to sort of form these connections uh maybe with people who they wouldn't have met otherwise oh yeah i love that so i'm looking at your your um your website right now and you're like one of the a prolific learner in public you know like you you've done all these things and you put them in public which i know from putting things in public like it takes a lot of guts and you have done so many cool things like and especially the stuff working with steve schlaffman like really really cool stuff so what benefits maybe for somebody that's like in college and they're thinking like okay how do i really like set myself apart what benefits have you seen from working in public yeah that's a that's a really good question. This is something that I've only really thought about over the past three or four months. So working with Schlaff, he recommended that like, just put out the things that you're learning. Like at first I, I proposed as like, oh, how do I start writing? Right? Because everybody's writing, everybody's doing stuff. Mm -hmm. And I feel like I'm not doing anything. It was this imposter syndrome, right? Scripting it. Yep. And he was just like, I mean, like everybody's doing stuff. Like if you're working, you're doing stuff. If you're even if you're just at home, like you're managing your life, your house, whatever. If you put those thoughts out there and you can put them in a way that's like easily digestible for people, A, it'll help them feel less alone in whatever struggles that they're having. And B, it might be useful for them if you're thinking or you're applying some solution in a way that they might not be thinking about. So for me, the benefits have really been just having people who not necessarily agree with, but people who sort of respect what I'm doing and are interested, like creating a sort of community around that, where now, like I started the summer with maybe like 100 followers on Twitter. And mm -hmm. now I'm close to like 12x that. And that's yeah. just by virtue of talking about the things that I'm learning, talking about the things that I'm doing, putting it out there. So now I reasonably reliably can ask a question that's tech or tech adjacent and on Twitter and get some thoughtful responses out of it, which I think is totally really powerful, uh, just for sort of like idea validation of making sure I'm not crazy when I'm thinking about something. Oh, yeah. And I, there's just like the, the added benefit to other people is insane like with schlaff one of the big projects was putting out like the founder library and then i put out like a behind the scenes of how i built it and just the conjunction of those two things and the feedback that i've gotten and the response from people as to like this was so helpful for me building my company or oh i'm using this template to create a resource library for my own community or like my own group of friends or like this thing that i'm involved in just like you see it compound so so easily once you start putting things out there and it's really this huge snowball effect. And I'd say like one of the big inspirations or uh, motivations for me getting started on this movement is actually uh, a friend of mine named Paige, uh, Paige Doherty. Mm -hmm. She's on Twitter. She's an amazing human, uh, just super, super helpful, and generous and thoughtful. Uh, she actually 
encouraged me to like start learning in public uh, towards the beginning of the summer. And we sort of had a pack where I would write these Twitter threads and she'd do her deep dives once in a while. Yeah. And that's how we sort of got over the hump of feeling scared that like, oh, like nobody's going to listen to the things that we put out. And, like it was like screaming into the void for a little bit. But um, if you can if you can scream into the void long enough, like eventually somebody will scream back. And then once one person screams, screams back, there's a hundred people right there to, to join in. So it's been, it's been a really fun journey. I've always been somebody who's like, I just like kind of doing things for the hell of it mm -hmm. and putting stuff out in public is something that a is just fun because you get to see what people think, but B like when it can have the sort of impact and influence on people to allow them or enable them to like do something with, like in their own lives that adds value for people. That's where it really, really becomes fulfilling for me. Awesome. Well, I love that. So I, I really liked the, the post you did about pitching yourself, about how you pitch yourself to Schlaf. Um, that was really valuable to me as I, I'm thinking about, okay, like these are the startups that I want to work at. How am I going to pitch myself? So what would you tell somebody who's like, okay, this is my dream job, or these are my, the five places I want to go work but I just, I don't know how to break out. Like, yeah. I don't want to just hand in my resume. How do I pitch myself? Yeah, this is something that I think I developed over most of college, actually, just in terms of like how I approach career searches and reflecting on like what sorts of jobs I want to do. And the thing that's stuck in my mind is like this sort of 80-20 principle where you should spend 80% of the time that you're looking for a new opportunity on like the 20% of opportunities that are most meaningful to you. So like typical job search for me during college or even like more recently, maybe there'd be like 10 or 20 things that I was interested in, but I would spend 80% of my time preparing for just like four or five of them. And yeah. if you can put in a few hours each to like different kinds of, so like demonstrating how you specifically add value for a specific opportunity. That's where I think you can really make a differentiated impact on people in a first impression. And the way that I like to think about it is like, A, just like be completely authentic and genuine about why you want to be involved in something. Um, oftentimes, if your values are in line with sort of an organization's values, uh, A, it'll probably be more interesting to you. And B, you'll, your pitch your authentic pitch will probably resonate more with them. Mm -hmm. So just sort of putting out into words, like how do the values of this organization or what you're building resonate with me? And then try to identify what sort of tactical value you can add. There's a, another piece of advice that I, I tend to keep in the back of my mind, which is like, if you, if the core risks of a company or an opportunity are aligned with your skill set or your aspirations, then you're in control of your own destiny. Totally. Where like it's then up to you and you can sort of create a difference for, you can move the needle for the company basically, right? Or yeah. the organization or the individual, whatever it ends up being, whoever you want to work with. But just finding the places where you uniquely can add value based on the experiences that you've had or the interests that you have or just like for me, a lot of it was just like grit and perseverance, right? Like people needed mm -hmm. like grunt work done and I really wanted to be involved with them because I thought that what they were doing was inspiring. So I was like, okay, like, I'll just do grunt work for you for a little bit. Yeah. And then if you can do that really well, like the opportunities for, for growth in those relationships more so than even the, the, the role or the title, right? Like yeah. if you can build the, those relationships and have people that trust you to get things done, that's worth 
its weight in gold, I'd say, from a career from a career capital perspective. Oh yeah. The way I'd sum it up is if you're gonna spend forty hours a week doing something, you might as well spend four hours trying to get the job. Yeah, totally. I don't think people spend enough time on individual job. Like people might spend like twenty hours a week applying to jobs, but they've spent five minutes each applying to like six hundred jobs as opposed to just spending like eight hours and just spend four hours on two jobs and you'll probably get at least like one response is my, totally. is my take on it. Yeah, it's it's really interesting. So at this point I've interviewed probably over fifty people and I and I've I, you, I can start to kind of see the similarities and I actually just interviewed Ryan Delk. Yeah. Um, he's the CEO co-founder of primer and I he love said something. Yeah. I'm, I'm like super jazzed about it. And he, he said basically almost the exact same thing. And it was a really kind of a spooky thing where I actually really would love to work at primer. Like that's one of like my five companies. It was, like, it was okay, one of mine really too. Cool. Like, uh, like if you had asked me six months ago, like where I want to go, it'd be like primer on deck notion, maybe a couple of yep. others. Yeah. And it was, it was funny. I asked him a similar question, like, Hey, what's, what insight would you give to somebody that, um, wants to work at a startup? And he said almost the exact same thing, but it was really spooky to hear it from like a guy that I want to work for. Like, it was like, he was telling it directly to me and I was like, okay, like noted, like I will do that. And I have it like recorded so I can listen to it and make sure that like I do it exactly the right way that he asked. And it was was just pretty cool. And, and it's interesting to see, like, it's not just Rishi saying this, like, Ryan Delk, the CEO of like one of the coolest startups right now, who's worked for like just incredible places also says like, that's how he's gotten his jobs. And so I think that's super awesome advice for anyone. So like, this is the second time you're hearing this listeners on the builder or the people of growth podcast. Like it's probably pretty good. (laughs) And so like, take that to heart. Well, last thing I want to ask you is, so in 10 years, where do we see you? Oh man, I'm a big fan of not planning more than one step ahead. I respect that. But I don't know, hopefully doing something that, I, that I'm passionate about. And it comes back to sort of what I've identified as a little bit of like my personal mission these days, where it's like, I want to help people be more fulfilled, both by my own individual contributions, like in the individual relationships I build, as well as by like my contributions to something bigger than me. So hopefully I'm working on something bigger than me that is helping people sort of feel more fulfilled in their lives. Totally. And I think for, yeah, uh, we'll see, we'll see, we'll see what it takes me. Yeah. So that's great. So now if people are listening, they're like, okay, Rishi is the coolest guy. Like I gotta, I gotta go check out his website. I gotta go follow him on Twitter. How can they find you? Yeah. So, uh, you can find me on Twitter at Rishi underscore Tripathi. I'm sure it'll also, and there's an underscore at the end too. I'm sure it'll be linked in the description. Yep. I'll link it. The podcast. And then, um, my my sub stack is at ikigai so it's like the japanese ikigai but g-u-y instead of g-a-i dot substack.com uh, yeah my dms are always open so feel free to just give me a shout uh whenever if there's anything that crosses your mind that i might be able to help with thanks guys yep thanks rishi have a good one you too take care thanks again for listening everyone i hope that you enjoyed this episode we changed up the builder of the week format a little bit i hope it was more enjoyable for you it was definitely more enjoyable for me I like to have more of a conversation and less of a formula for the podcast. And I'm really happy with the outcome. But if you weren't, or if you have some other feedback or insight for us, go ahead and send me an email. I'm Nate at Voxter.life. I'd love to hear from you. Also, go ahead and go follow Rishi on Twitter. He is a great follow on there. He's always sharing really incredibly cool things. It makes me want to be a better podcaster, a better person. He's, he's always sharing his knowledge. He's learning in public, doing really cool things. 
and then go join the waitlist for Start.City. It is just www.start.city. And you can join the waitlist there. It looks like a really incredible community. I'm hopeful that Rishi will let me in. Maybe he'll hear this and, and send an invite my way. Finally, I just ha- wanted to let all of you know we have a really, really cool guest coming. Now that we don't have cool guests all the time, but this guest was a guest on the Joe Rogan podcast. And I'm like jazzed out of my mind. And I would love to get some listener questions for this one. So go join our Patreon account. So we're patreon.com backslash Life. If you join the $5 tier, I'll tell you who it is, and you can submit some questions. I'm really stoked about this one. And until next time, keep building.